Welcome to the Sourcing Hero podcast produced by UNA, a group purchasing organization that empowers sourcing heroes and Art of Procurement, the world's largest procurement podcast network. I'm your host, Kelly Barner. The goal of the Sourcing Hero podcast is to capture the epic stories of people who are rising up and beating the odds to create exceptional value within procurement directly from those heroes themselves. Today, my guest here on the Sourcing Hero podcast is David Meltzer. David is the co-founder of Sports One Marketing, a consultant and business coach, a keynote speaker, and a three-time best-selling author. His mission is to, and I quote, make a lot of money, help a lot of people, and have a lot of fun, which sounds like a pretty awesome combination to me. So, hi, David. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. What a delightful platform to help other people and empower them to hopefully make a lot of money, help a lot of people, and have a lot of fun. Well, we're just going to go right through that. Check, 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 right? And we're all going to be better off. Um, (laughs) Now, I shared the super high-level perspective on who you are and what you do in my intro, but what else would you like people to know about your personal and, and professional experience? Well, you know, on that mission to empower over a billion people to be happy, I utilize content in a variety of different ways. Uh, I probably have more free content by going live every day, digital shows, TV shows, and movies, all directed at teaching lessons from the dummy tax that I've paid, the experience, as well as leveraging the relationship capital with the billionaires, millionaires, entrepreneurs, celebrities, athletes, and entertainers. Uh, that I've worked with over the last 35 years. So from uh, having my first exit in my 20s with West Publishing uh, in the early 90s, uh, where we worked uh, one of the first successful internet companies and exited in 95 for 3.4 billion to being the CEO of Samsung's first phone division in 99, to running the most notable sports agency in the world with Lee Steinberg and they had done the movie Jerry Maguire about our firm to running a global sports marketing company with Hall of Fame quarterback Warren Moon, building brands, uh, tying them to charities and causes around the world. And then over the last six years, really building through speaking, coaching, writing books, TV shows, movies, podcasts, all types of different trainings that I've done for over 23 years, all with one mission in line uh, to teach people the values, the daily practices and the execution model in order to create abundance in their life and to be happy. Now, I love your choice of the word abundance, because even though I started in sharing your quote about making a lot of money, this is a very well-rounded approach. And in fact, you regularly speak about four principles. And and in this order, they are gratitude, empathy, accountability, and effective communication. And you recommend using those to communicate with, form bonds with, and mentor others. Can you speak for a moment to why those four are your core principles? Yeah, well, they fit together perfectly. And the first, gratitude is so important because it gives us perspective. And gratitude is the easiest, simplest way to impact our lives. If you say thank you before you go to bed and when you wake up every day, in 30 days, you'll have an exponential impact in your lives. And unfortunately, the things that are simple to do are unfortunately simple not to do. 
But gratitude allows us to find the light, the love, and the lessons in everything. It allows us to live our lives not as victims, uh, living our lives, being promoted and protected in faith by something bigger than us that loves us more than our mom. So gratitude is a key cornerstone uh, of my life and should be for everyone's uh, to have the most impact uh, by giving us the correct perspective of living in abundance, of living in a world not as a victim that happens to us or not even for us in a scarce world where we buy things we don't need to impress people we don't like, Mm -hmm. trading and negotiating our lives away, but instead truly believing there's more than enough of everything for everyone. Living in abundance requires gratitude as a perspective of promotion and protection where pain is just an indicator They have a better place to be, a better situation to be in. And then secondarily, forgiveness, uh, which brings us empathy, uh, which is a superpower. But forgiveness gives us peace or ease. It allows us to shift a paradigm in our life that we are at ease. And what are we doing to interfere with it? In conjunction with gratitude, the belief there's something bigger than us and omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source that loves us more than our moms. Uh, instead of having and thinking in a scarce modality or mentality that we have to go get more wealthy, more happy, more healthy, more worthy. Instead, through forgiveness, what we realize is we are at ease. We are happy. We are healthy. We are wealthy. We are worthy. What we need to do is figure out what we're doing to interfere with it. And when we shift not only our perspective through gratitude, but we gain empathy and know that we're living at ease and we practice identifying uh, what is causing the dis-ease in our lives, we now uh, move again in the conscious continuum towards an abundant, faithful living of happiness, health, wealth, and worthiness. The third value, accountability, uh, has evolved for me. Uh, Originally, accountability was just to be responsible for everything in my life and learn from it. But as it evolved and I understood the three characteristics of behavior, one is all behavior aggregates on itself. Number two, all behavior compounds on itself. And then three, all behavior accelerates on itself. So when I institute good behaviors from the light, the love, and the lesson that I've learned through gratitude and the ease or flow that's created through forgiveness or empathy, I now can effectuate it with the characteristics of gratitude and forgiveness by being accountable, not just responsible, but understanding that aggregation and compounding and acceleration is what did I do to attract this to myself, not only being responsible and learn from it. And then finally, the third evolutionary stage of accountability that I've learned through these 17 years as I've taken stock in gratitude, empathy, accountability, and effective communication is a lesson of what am I doing to participate in the perception Mm -hmm. and what am I supposed to learn from it? Uh, And so beyond the responsibility and attraction, I start to understand that I give meaning to everything that I see, that one of the great limitations of my future is the meaning that I give the defining moments, inflection points, setbacks, failures, and mistakes of my past. And through gratitude and forgiveness, 
I can participate in a perception of promotion and protection, not punishment. So as I understand through gratitude, empathy, and accountability, I now have a superpower of effective communication. Now, originally, when I took on the understanding of effective communication, I wanted to inspire people. I wanted to motivate people. I wanted to impact people. The effective communication was from me to others. And what I started to realize was that I couldn't give what I didn't have. And so instead of just working on how am I communicating or clearing the interference between me and everyone else around me, I first had to start with how I was communicating with that which inspires me. Mm. And so when I realize that I'm connected to and through an omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source that loves me more than my mom and understanding what was it that was interfering with me and that all-powerful, all-knowing source, that infinite, abundant, unified system of thought that we all participate in, in gratitude, forgiveness, and accountability, when I realized that I had to identify fear in order to effectuate not only the communication between me and others, but the communication between me and source. And so I utilized a practice of identifying fear. And what I realized was through effective communication that there was two types of interference. There was two types of dis-ease. There was two types of fear in my life. One, fear of the past, which usually materialized as guilt, resentment, uh, or uh, regret. Absolutely. And then the second would be fear of the future, which usually materialized as some sort of anxiety or worry. And so what I developed through effective communication was a practice of not only identifying fear, but then utilizing it either to get me up, get me back up, get me started, get me back started, or to get me inspired or get me there. And so when I got into the practice, the collaborative coordinated practice of gratitude to give me perspective, empathy or forgiveness to give me ease, accountability to give me control, an effective communication to allow me to get out of my own way and live in spirit, inspired, to allow the enjoyment of the consistent, persistent pursuit of my potential, I started to realize I am that I am. I am happy, healthy, wealthy, and worthy. And I started to figure out what I was doing to interfere with it. Now, I'm not going to speak for my audience, but I will confess to you right now, David, I am only human. And so I listen to your words and I love the ideas and I love the interaction between these concepts and, and the positive energy. And I'm already mentally starting to anticipate, okay, I'm probably going to struggle doing all four of these things all the time. Do you see across relationships, across conversations, that there's one of the four that people tend to struggle to abide by consistently more than the others? Or is it like a little smattering here, like, oh gosh, I forgot to be grateful, or I wasn't as empathetic as I could have been in that situation? Where do you tend to see the people that you've worked with stumble a little bit? Well, I think, you know, understanding that gratitude is the cornerstone is so important. And uh, as I stated at the beginning, the simple things to do are unfortunately simple not to do. And if we can change our mindset, our heart set, and our handset 
so that we can do things graciously, say things that are gracious, think things that are gracious, believe things that are gracious, and feel them with gratitude, that we actually can effectuate uh, the habitual practices of forgiveness because grateful people are forgiving. Mm -hmm. We can be more accountable because grateful people are accountable. And we can be more inspired or in spirit to effectively communicate uh, with source and others because grateful people are effective communicators. Uh, And so I think we have difficulty with all four of them. What I try to do is effectuate different daily practices that can help people to be grateful, to utilize what I call the mathematical uh, equation of luck in our lives, which is, let me help you pay attention to and give intention to the coincidences you want because attention plus intention equals Mm -hmm. karma, coincidence, or consequence. They all equal the same. And so I would say that gratitude is the number one priority. Uh, It's the easiest, fastest, and simplest to teach but the others are subset and coordinated and collaborative within the context of simply trying at all times to find light, love, and lessons in everything that you do. Uh, But it's also uh, one of the understandings that can help everyone. I know this is like drinking through a fire hose. It's not the first time (laughs) that I taught people the four values, which seem so simple to do, but unfortunately, they'll be simple not to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one of the context of you know understanding this is to understand uh, you know how important it is just to to start in in the practice of saying thank you. Uh, you know, we create a conscious practice that then creates a neural pathway, which becomes a subconscious pro- practice, which then those neural pre- uh, pathways create a reserve of 40,000 grateful thoughts, which consistently speak to our quantum being, our epigenetic layer of our own selves. And so uh, as we look at this, I want everyone to think about it as a practice uh, and that what we want to do is, you know, we may right now spend days, weeks, months, and years outside of gratitude, but if you practice it, it will aggregate, compound, and accelerate. You'll just start to spend minutes and moments outside of gratitude, which will bring more empathy, bring more accountability, and bring more effective communication. Now, David, the last question that I want to ask you today, and and this is something of a tradition here at The Sourcing Hero, so prepare yourself to enter the club. Every guest goes through this last exercise the first time they appear on the show. I'm going to give you two questions. It's entirely up to you which one you answer. And I know from experience There are no wrong answers, so whatever you answer is right. Your first option is, what does the idea of a sourcing hero mean to you? A lot of our audience is in procurement and supply chain. And the second option is a little bit broader. How would you define heroism in a business context? Entirely your choice which one you pick. Yeah, so... I mean, I think they uh, have a common thread between them. I like the heroic question. Uh, it's a little bit broader. Um, and I think it can be self-inclusive of, you know, being a supply chain source. Sure. Uh, but the idea of being a hero is to understand three things, uh, which is applicable to the supply chain as well. Uh, the first is uh, one in which most people are, is just to be an appreciator uh, in and being a source and being a hero as a source, 
we want to add value uh, to all that we encounter, all the people, places, things, events. Uh, we want to be of value and to appreciate things is to add value to them. Uh, and so to add value uh, allows us to appreciate things. That's the first step. Uh, the second thing that I think make us her a heroic source is the understanding of acknowledgement. Uh, and I think that a lot of people are by nature givers. And what I want you to think about is the only way you can acquire the knowledge of what you have or the value that you have is to give it away or to lose it mm -hmm. or to have it stolen, manipulated or cheated from you. And so most people live their lives in a heroic perception of being source or an impactful, empowering source of appreciating everything and acknowledging it, giving it away. But I want to add a third component that a lot of people don't think of because they live in a zero sum game. Everything is that trader negotiation. They give to receive. They feel bad about receiving. They believe in winners and losers. They don't believe in an abundant source. They don't believe they are an abundant source. An abundant source has more than enough of everything for everyone. And an abundant source not only appreciates or adds value to every situation, person, place, or thing, but also acknowledges it by giving it away or even having it lost, stolen, or manipulated from them. But more importantly, they live as influencers, not influencers. They're not spreading dis-ease as the flu would be spread. They actually understand that when they ask for help, when they add value to someone by receiving something from them that is equal to or greater to the appreciation uh, that they have by giving. And so in the context of being a source, we want to make sure that we know what we want, but who we can help and who can help us. And if we can create a community as a heroic source, whether it's in uh, the workflow, logistics, whatever it may be in any industry, career, job uh, that we have, any activity that we get paid for, activity we don't get paid for. If we can live in abundance, understanding that we want to create a community simply of people that want to help each other or know people that can help each other, a bunch of appreciators, acknowledgers, and askers, uh, then we can create this flow of abundance of more than enough of everything for everyone. So I think a heroic source is someone that appreciates, acknowledges, and feels very comfortable asking for help. Well, I certainly appreciate this opportunity to have you share your philosophy and approach with my audience. For people that have listened into this episode that want to learn more, want the longer version, the more in-depth, more examples, where would you direct them to learn more? Well, I'd like to offer to everyone in your community, I'm more than happy to uh, sign a book, send it to them, pay for the book and shipping or the values. I'd be happy to send the exercise of the four values we discussed. But the best place is to email me directly, david at dmeltzer.com, david at dmeltzer.com, like seltzer with an M. Put it in the notes. If you forget the email, just Google me, David Meltzer. Uh, but I am of service and of value, and I'll be happy to send out my book or my values guide for free for everyone in your community. Kelly, thank you so much for the opportunity to share and hopefully empower 
uh, everyone here to make a lot of money, help a lot of people and have a lot of fun. Let's all live in a world of more than enough of everything for everyone. Let's be abundant. Thank you for being here, David. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sourcing Hero Podcast. Join us again next time for more true stories of sourcing and business heroism performed by your colleagues and peers. Look for The Sourcing Hero wherever you get your podcasts, and don't forget to subscribe. Finally, don't forget, sourcing heroism is taking place all around us every day. Keep your eyes open and you're bound to see it. Until next time, I'm your host, Kelly Barner. Stay well and always remember that you can be a hero too.